Hello and welcome to the Financial Wealth and Health Podcast. My name is Isabel Clausen, a fellow young professional who wants to help other young professionals feel aligned with their personal and financial values, prepared to tackle their future financial obstacles and opportunities, and equipped with confidence to make smart financial decisions. In order to become financially wealthy, you need to be financially healthy. And this is exactly what I seek to help you with through this podcast. Just like physical health requires hard work, commitment, and discipline, financial health does as well. But let me tell you, this effort will pay off more than you could ever imagine. I want to help you develop a healthy, strong, and thriving relationship with your financial life. Let's grow our financial wealth and health together. In today's podcast episode, we will be talking all about the three main differences between a budget of restriction versus a budget of freedom. We will also be diving into three practical ways that you could start to develop a budget of freedom. But first, let's start with our intro segments of this episode. The quote of the week is by a woman named Emily Stroud, and she said, If you take control of your finances today, then you won't be a victim of them tomorrow. How often do you feel like you're a victim of your finances? How often do you feel like money is controlling your thoughts, actions, and words? How often do you feel guilty about spending, fearful about running out of money, or obsessed with buying something right now because you don't think you'll be able to later? By creating a budget and telling your money where to go, you could be in control instead of being the victim of fear. Now moving on to the financial wealth and health life application of the week. To stay in line with our budgeting topic, this life application is to take a monthly pulse of your financial health each month. I am sure there are many times when you want to purchase something, whether it's getting that dinner out with friends, going on that trip with your significant other, buying that new pair of jeans, getting a gift for a family member, whatever it is, and you feel unsure about if you should make a purchase of the item that you like. Well, a way to help overcome this feeling of uncertainty, guilt, and maybe fear is to make a little financial snapshot of your month in the Notes app on your phone. Well, what does this financial snapshot look like? Well, first, I want you to write down or type down on the Notes app of your phone your total income that you will receive this month. This could be your paychecks, this could be money from different side hustles, whatever income you get, write that down on your phone. And then a couple lines down, I want you to write down your mandatory expenses this month, such as rent, utilities, internet, your phone bill, insurance, and so on. Then write down any debts you need to pay. Maybe you need to pay off your credit card. Maybe you have a car payment. Maybe one of your goals is to pay off one of your loans as soon as possible. It may be your goal to pay down maximum debt until it's all paid off. But once you have written down your mandatory expenses and your debt payments, write down how much you want to save this month. And then next to your savings goal, write down the reasons why you are saving. Perhaps you're saving for retirement, a house, a vacation, a car, an education for your child. Whatever it is, write down your savings goals next to that dollar savings amount so that you are constantly reminded of the higher why behind your savings. This will inspire you and motivate you when you make decisions about spending. 
And then the final thing to add to this snapshot is the amount remaining that you have at the end of the month. So you take your total income, you subtract your mandatory expenses, your debt repayments, the dollar amount of money you want to save, and what you have left over is the amount of money that you technically could spend on whatever you want without guilt. Why? Because you already set money aside to these mandatory expenses, to your debt repayments, and to your savings. Having this quick monthly snapshot on your phone that's easily accessible can help you as you make purchasing decisions that aren't necessarily needs, but they are wants, and you want confident knowing if you have enough money to purchase these wants. Knowing how much you could spend guilt-free can make each purchase much less stressful and much more gratifying. Okay, now it's time to dive into the market update of the week. So this week's LPL Weekly Market Commentary discusses the expectations for growth in the U.S. economy. The article stated, We currently expect the U.S. economy to grow 3.7% in 2022. The risks are to the downside, since the Fed may err on tightening too fast, the recent commodity spike may trickle down to the U.S. consumer, and supply and demand imbalances may last longer than expected. This forecast is lowered from our previous 4 to 4.5% range originally published in the Outlook 2022 Passing the Baton report, which is the LPL annual report that they release. And this LPL article goes on to share, The base case for the forecast rests on a recovery in services spending as the year progresses. Real spending on goods will normalize as consumers pulled forward demand in recent quarters and as consumers had stimulus funds to spend while sheltered at home. Still, services spending is below trend. Furthermore, the LPL commentary explains, Our baseline forecast expects the Federal Reserve to move at a measured pace and not likely shock and awe the markets with unexpected large rate hikes. We also expect that as demand and supply imbalances normalize, consumers will expect easing price pressures. Ripple effects from the Russian invasion of Ukraine will mostly be in Europe and will be minimal in the U.S., Russia only accounts for roughly 1% of U.S. goods imports. Our forecast does have risks to the downside as commodity prices have spiked, and we do not know how OPEC and other systematically important entities will respond. So I hope that this LPO weekly market commentary snippet was helpful and educational. If you want to learn more, I post the LPO weekly market commentary on my LinkedIn page as well as our Desert Wealth Management Facebook page. So if you want to read the full article, you could check those posts there, but it's also going to be linked in the show notes below. Hello, financial wealth and health community. We're taking a quick break to talk all about financial planning. Have you been wanting help in navigating different parts of your financial life, but you just don't know where to start? Have you had questions about any of the following financial topics, such as the investments in your employer's retirement plan, such as a 401k, a 403b, or a simple IRA? Or have you ever wanted help in understanding other employee benefits, such as health, life, and disability insurance? What about learning how to navigate the basics of your own investment portfolio? Or have you been wanting to learn how to develop a plan to pay off debt or create a practical budget to guide your savings and spending goals? Have you been wanting to learn more about how to plan for big goals such as purchasing a home or saving for your children's future education? 
At Desert Wealth Management, we help people answer all of these different questions through our affordable financial planning packages. We understand that your financial life involves much more than just your investments. That's why we want to offer services to you to help you in all areas of your financial life, such as behavioral finance and the psychology behind money, cash flow management and budget building so that your saving and spending aligns with your core values, retirement and employee benefits planning, investment management, as well as education about tax, life insurance, and estate planning. We want to work with you in all parts of your financial journey so that you could worry less about tomorrow and focus more on today. If you're interested in learning more about taking part in one of our financial planning programs, please visit us at our website at www.desertwealth.net slash financial planning. We would love to help guide you in your financial journey. Now, back to the podcast episode. Well, now it's time to dive into the three main differences between a budget of restriction versus a budget of freedom. Well, I believe that the three main differences are first, a budget of restriction makes you feel anxious and guilty, while a budget of freedom makes you feel stable and at ease. Second, a budget of restriction creates a feeling of scarcity, while a budget of freedom creates a feeling of abundance. And third, A budget of restriction hinders you from meeting your goals, while a budget of freedom propels you toward your goals. To elaborate on these two budgeting styles, I want to share a little bit of a comparison between a restrictive diet to a balanced lifestyle. When you're on a diet, you usually have a list of foods that you can eat and a list of foods that you can't eat. You're excited to start this diet because you're looking forward to the results. But usually, after a couple of weeks, a diet gets really hard to maintain because it doesn't line up with your mentally healthy lifestyle. It can be hard to go out to eat with friends or try out new recipes that may contain foods on your do not foods list. It can be hard to find alternatives to ingredients when you're traveling or when you're trying to pack a lot of really great activities and errands into your day. Then when you do decide to eat food on your do not list, you go into a shame mindset, you feel guilty, and you 100% get off of the diet because you don't believe in yourself anymore. You think that you failed once, you will fail again. You failed once and it hurt too much to risk failing again. I think the same vicious cycle is very, very similar to the restrictive budgeting cycle. In a restrictive budgeting cycle, you tell yourself you're only going to spend a certain amount of money in certain groups, a certain amount of money on groceries, a certain amount of money on eating out, a specific amount of money on new clothes, on trips, on random trips to Target, on coffee dates with friends, etc. But then the moment you want to buy your friend that cute gift from Target spontaneously, or the moment you go on a surprise date with your significant other, your budgeting categories are thrown off and you spiral into feeling like you can't stick to any of your budgeting categories and you've thrown all of them out of balance and your whole system is now messed up. You end up saying, the heck with it, and to the budget, and you are back to where you started with no direction about where your money is going. This is where a restrictive budget guides you to. A life filled with the shameful, guilty idea that you are inadequate a bad steward of your money, and unable to get on track with your finances. But what does a budget of freedom look like? A budget of freedom is one that feels simple, feels stable, feel like it was made for you. A budget of freedom can easily be written down on one page. 
a budget of freedom aligns with your values so you don't have to give up the things that are most important to you. For example, if some of your values include going on family vacations and having family time, or spending quality time with friends, or going on date nights with your significant other, then your budget can align with that. It is up to you what your budget looks like and you want it to line up with what matters to you in life. A budget of freedom puts you in control of your budget and your budget is what controls your money. A budget of restriction puts money in control of you and makes you a slave to your budget. While a budget of restriction says you are inadequate and you will never make good financial decisions, a budget of freedom says you have every ability to live a life-giving lifestyle that offers stability and joy. So do you want to know more about what a budget of freedom looks like and how to create it? If so, listen to our next segment where we talk about the three ways to develop this budget of freedom. Let's start with the first way that you could develop a budget of freedom. Number one is to make the system simple. Now my budgeting method to share today is to give yourself an allowance. I know this makes you feel like you're in the fifth grade, but it is such a helpful method that provides so much clarity and simplicity. Now before I dive into this allowance budgeting method, I want to preface that there are so many different budgeting methods that work for so many different people. So this is not the only budgeting method out there, and this is not the only budgeting method that I recommend. However, this is the one I'm going to be diving into in this podcast episode because I feel like it really suits the whole theme of the episode. Now, in this allowance budgeting method, what you do first is to create the financial snapshot, which is something that I shared earlier in this episode. And once you've calculated how much your mandatory expenses are, your debt repayments are, and how much you want to save toward your goals, you know how much you could spend for the rest of the month. What is so beautiful about this is that you already took savings into account. So the money you have left over to spend has no guilt attached to it because you already paid yourself first by saving first. Whatever that guilt-free spending amount is that you have left over, put that amount of money into your checking account. And for the rest of the month, use that checking account for all your unnecessary, more fun expenses. This keeps a very clear picture of how much you're spending each month. You could check this dollar amount as often as you like, whether you have online banking through an app on your phone or you check it on your computer. For example, let's say on the first of the month of every month, you write yourself an allowance of $850 a month. Expenses, debt repayment, and savings is all already accounted for. Because of this, for the rest of the month, you could use this $850 in your checking account for whatever you want. Groceries, eating out, hanging out with friends, going on dates, buying gifts, getting your hair and nails done, traveling, whatever it is. I recommend including your groceries in this allowance chunk of money as the price of groceries can vary a lot depending on how fancy of groceries you get and where you shop. Now there are a couple different ways you could utilize this allowance approach. One way is to put all of your paychecks into your savings account and have all of your fixed expenses like rent, utilities, internet, phone bill, insurance, etc come out of the savings account as well. That way every month you just write yourself that allowance from your savings account to your checking account, and then your checking account is only used for more of the unnecessary fun expenses and wants. 
Or maybe you're not a huge fan of having your savings so closely tied to your fixed expenses. If this is the case and you like having your savings separate from your checking account, you could have two checking accounts, one for mandatory expenses and one for more fun, unnecessary expenses. Every time you get paid, put your paychecks in the mandatory expenses account, then move your amount of savings to your savings account, and move your allowance to your fund spending checking account. This way you have more of a three-bucket approach, a bucket for your fixed expenses, a bucket for your savings, and a bucket for more of your fund variable expenses. Also, as a side note, all the money that you pay for your debt repayments can come out of either your savings or your fixed expenses, depending on how you want to use that method. Or another method is that instead of having two checking accounts, you could just put all of your fun expenses on your credit card, make sure you don't go over, go over your allowance amount every month, and then pay off your credit card at the end of each month. So for example, like we shared earlier, suppose that your allowance is $850, making sure you don't put more than $850 on your credit card could be a way to utilize this allowance method. But as you could tell, there are so many ways you can implement this allowance budgeting method. But I really believe that it's one that is simple, straightforward, and really leaves a lot of the guesswork out of when, where, and how to spend your money. Moving on to the second way that you can develop a budget of freedom is to take the first step and be realistic. Instead of forcing yourself to spend a very tiny allowance every single month, give yourself some wiggle room. Give yourself a slightly bigger allowance the first month when you start this process. Don't make your savings goal so huge that you set yourself up to fail in month one. Set a realistic saving and spending goal in month one, and then in month two, see where you're at and figure out if you can spend a little less and save a little more. The first step is what matters the most. Consistency is key. If you're able to keep the promise to yourself that you made in month one, you will have much more confidence in month two to keep going and make a solid, stable foundation for your financial life. So finally, the third way that you can develop this budget of freedom is to start the process with being excited about all the things that you can purchase. When you look at all your mandatory expenses and all your debt repayments and all the money you have to save for your big life goals, it can be disheartening to know that you only have a certain amount of money to spend each month on the fun items you want. In some seasons, your allowance you give yourself may be very generous and exciting, but in some other seasons, it may be kind of small. But regardless if it's a small or large allowance you give yourself, you need to look at the whole process with a lens of joy and gratitude. Suppose you're paying your mortgage every month and it's keeping you from eating out as much with your friends. Instead of focusing on how you can't eat out that much, be grateful that you're living in a home that you own. Or maybe you're frustrated that you have to pay so much money in mandatory expenses like rent, utilities, internet, insurance, etc. Instead of being frustrated, reframe your mindset and think about how much you love your apartment, how grateful you are that you can afford internet and insurance. Think about the stability you have in your life that you can't afford basic necessities. Approaching your day-to-day and sometimes boring purchases with an attitude of joy and gratitude can make your attitude about money so much lighter and happier. Gratitude can improve your attitude. All right, financial wealth and health community, those are the three differences between a budget of restriction versus a budget of freedom and three ways you can develop a budget of freedom. I hope that this podcast episode was educational, impactful, and inspirational. 
never forget that a budget of freedom puts you in control of your budget and your budget is what controls your money. A budget of freedom says you have every ability to live a life-giving lifestyle that offers stability and joy. Thank you so much for listening to the Financial Wealth and Health podcast today. I hope that it helped you and gave you some insight in your own financial fitness and health journey. If you would like to stay updated on upcoming episodes, please follow Desert Wealth Management on LinkedIn and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes below. If you would like more of the financial wealth and health community, please join my LinkedIn group. We post multiple times a week and engage in topics such as time management for young professionals, budgeting hacks, how to start planning for major goals like retirement, property purchases, having children, and many more topics that directly affect young professionals. If you have any questions, would like to set up a financial planning appointment with me, or have podcast episode requests, please email me at isabel.clausen at lpl.com or message me on LinkedIn. Once again, thank you so much for your time. And remember that to be financially healthy means that you make decisions in life that best support your values and goals so that you can live a life of purpose and joy. You have every ability to live a financially wealthy and healthy life. Have a great week. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. All investing involves risk including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.